Ready? Born ready. What's up, family? It's your boy Eldridge, and I want to give a special thank you to each and every last person that's listening to the Dash Law podcast. This is going to be a special edition of the best of Ask My Lawyer edition. If you have questions and you want to ask Durante how he can help you with your business, please DM us at Dash Law Pod or at Just Eldridge Media. We will answer your questions on the newest and latest episode. Tune in, do me a favor, share this, rate this, share it with a friend, and keep on rocking with us. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God, I gotta call my brother. I better call my housekeeper. I gotta call my lawyer. Can I make a phone call to my lawyer? That sound good? I want to check with my attorney. Call my lawyer, get the charge. I gotta call my lawyer, call my lawyer, call my lawyer, get the charge. Mama, call my lawyer, cause it's time to go to trial. Don't read me no charges, call my lawyer. I said I need a lawyer. All right, all right, all right. So we got a question today, man. Actually, very apropos question. Um, from from our boy Levi Dickinson out here in Dallas, Texas. Uh, he asked, let's see me pull this up. He says, how do you own your own masters? If I write a song, do I automatically own my masters? Man. Good, good question, Levi. Absolutely dope question, Levi. But first and foremost, man, I can't believe episode two, we're getting a question from Dallas, Texas. So shout out to y'all. That's crazy. Out of the gate. It's, we're going up, man. So that's, that's a good sign. But how do you own your masters? I mean, it's, it's very simple to own your own masters. Uh, owning your own masters really entails with you going to record a song, uh, if you own the beat. Um, or not really, uh, you know, I, I, well, on the beat from the perspective of you either did it yourself or bought it from a producer, uh, you own the beat, um, you went and recorded and laid your verses, uh, to that beat and, you know, got it mixed, mastered, you know, everything and paid the studio, uh, if you went to a studio or if you recorded it yourself, but basically once you record the song, and you've completed the song, you own the masters, unless you're under an agreement, whereas uh, you're signed to a label or something along those lines, and, and your agreement states that whatever music you complete is a work for hire, and they own it. But so long as you're independent, you're not signed to anyone, any music that you record, and that you have full rights to with regard to the beat and production, and you've paid the proper parties, uh, you own the masters. It's yours. So, yeah. That's it. Hope that answers your question, Levi. Uh, definitely send us more, man, and continue to listen to the pod. Let me add on top. Let me ask you a question on top of that because mm-hmm. you said something about um, owning the beat. Yeah, and I remember um, was that was that Little Nas X when he said he bought the beat for like he bought it for super cheap. Was, I right, I think it was him or one of these other artists. They bought it for like twenty dollars and then mm-hmm. blew up. Right, but but what happens if you don't buy the beat? you make the song who owns the master then so in in that situation you can still own the master because the master comes in when the beat meets that of the lyrics right but what happens in that situation when you've not properly obtained or bought the beat the owner of the copyright of the beat 
So the producer in that situation can come back and make a claim as it relates to that part. So it could be a situation in that situation where you guys split the master in half, you know, you own part of it and the producer owns the other half. So you just want to make sure that you get that con that you first, you know, contact whomever the producer is and buy the beat and then get a, get a proper agreement done as it relates to a production agreement so that you own it outright. Because based on what you're just saying, if not, that's why uh juice world, mm-hmm. when he put out that first single and like he said, it was just a SoundCloud song. He didn't mean for it to blow up, right? but it blew up. And then the dude who really owns the song, I can't remember well, which uh, artist it was mm-hmm. that really owned the song. I think he ended up getting like 60 or 70%. Of Absolutely. It. He got pretty high. So the lawyer negotiates that after yep. you put the song out. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that illegally if you take the beat without? Not not necessarily. So it's, it's, well, it is and it isn't, right? Because if you are taking the beat and the beat is, I guess, has been exploited, and you've not obtained the rights, then you could be in violation of someone else's copyright as it relates to the beat. If they've not given, if the producer's not giving you permission to use the beat, then yeah, you can definitely be in, impending or impeding rather on their uh, copyright uh, as it relates to that. So it's, it's just always proper. And, and some, in, in some of these situations, you can't, you can't avoid it. So for instance, Drake with Best I Ever Had, uh, you know, that's a song that, you know, was on a mixtape, didn't properly obtain the beat, didn't clear the sample or anything along those lines. Song took off. Crazy song. Made a ton of money from it or whatnot. But when it was time to break down the check and clear the sample and all of that, the copyright owners for the sample and the beat, they took a lot of that money or whatnot as well. <laughs> it did what it needed to do because Drake is still Drake. So he was still able to elevate, but had he gone through the proper channels to, you know, buy the beat, secure, you know, the agreements and all of that would have been a little bit of a different outcome. But, you know, with this industry, you just never know what's going to take off and when it's going to take off. So, you know, it's a gamble. But I just advise artists that if at all times try to do business the right way or get you someone that can help you help advise you with, with that for sure. We got a question, sounds like. Yes, sir. Yes, what, sir. What's the question today, Keith? Uh, this question is from Caleb Duke. Shout out. Uh, actually, it's about business partnerships. Hey. It says, when starting a business with a partner, what is the best practice to breaking a tie in a 50-50 partnership? Good question, Caleb. Nah, very good question, because that, that happens often, you know, where you have um, 50-50 partners in a company and they're not always going to see eye to eye, but it goes back to that agreement that we have discussed and that we discussed with Eldridge, uh, figuring out that tiebreaker. And there are a lot of different ways to do it. So there's not one method. It can either be a situation where in that agreement, uh, one partner or the partners take turns as it relates to tiebreaking. Right. That that can be an example of, of tie breaking uh, in other situations. If you have people that you hire to manage the company or help run the company, they can you know be given limited permission to have input as it relates to breaking the tie in a, in a particular situation. Um, in the event that you have a third partner that also helps with respects to breaking the tie. So there, there are several different ways to do it. It's just really about uh, coming to an agreement with your partner up front and having that, you know, in the in whatever 
partnership agreement or operating agreement or corporate bylaws that you guys have, uh, having that outlined accordingly as it relates to that. So there's not one way to do it. It's really, you know, about being creative and, and being fair as it relates to being partners. So that's, you know, pretty much the answer as it relates to that. So very good question. And, you know, again, it's just about having that dialogue. Today's question actually comes from Mike Dunlap out of Decatur. Mike Dunlap out of Decatur. Eastside. Uh, he said he is in the process of starting a new business. Okay. Um, he hears everyone talks about LLCs. Yeah. But what is the form of a corporation he should choose? Incorporation, LLC. He's, so it looks like you're basically asking, is LLC the number one choice or what are the other structures that he should use right. when it comes to starting his business? Man. Good question. Appreciate yeah. you, Mike. Good question, Mike. Good question. Mike, it really depends on what you're trying to do. And, again, this is not legal advice either way, but uh, it depends on what you're trying to do, Mike. LLC is a flexible and a common uh, form form of business that you can start in the state of Georgia. Uh, you also have the opportunity to do a corporation, uh, be it an S-Corp or C-Corp. And we can break down that a little bit more, but um, it, it just really depends with the LLC a uh, couple of advantages that you have as it relates to that is pass-through taxation. And pass-through taxation basically is where you're taxed according to, you know, how you are as an individual, so to speak. So in this situation, for instance, uh, if you have any losses or if you're making money under the LLC and you're losing money under the LLC, then it's exactly, you know, how you would file your taxes as an individual. Um, so that's, that's one of the benefits as it relates to that, because you, you can put yourself in a higher tax bracket, uh, with the LLC, depending on how much you're making for the company. But at the same time, if you're spending a lot of money as well, you could reduce your tax liability at the same time. So it really just depends on, again, what you're doing. Uh, some of the benefits with a corporation, you know, kind of the same thing, looking at taxation, uh, with a corporation, we have double taxation because we have uh, taxes on shares that you may hold from the corporation, and then we have also taxes on income uh, that is made from the corporation. So if you're in a high tax bracket, so to speak, and you're not you know, taking in a lot of dividends, you, know, you individually could be taxed at a lower rate than that of the corporation. Uh, so it could give you a little bit of protection as it relates to that and, and, you know, keep a little bit of money in your pockets, basically. So uh, what I would suggest is that you give us a call, uh, Lions Den Legal, hit us up. We can walk you through, you know, that process and how that looks specifically for your company. And if anybody has a question like that, uh, definitely feel free to, to hit us up and, and, and we'll definitely walk you through it and, and guide you. Um, this week, uh, we had a question. This comes from our Twitter family, okay. uh, from she busy at she gets it pie. Hey. Um, she, she asked, can you just like a rapper, can podcasters get indicted on their content? That's a good question. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, you know, it, it depends on what the content is, uh, or, or what the action is. Hold on. What? <laughs> so. So anytime we're, um, you know, giving out information or, or even in a song, you know, we're rapping about certain lyrics and things like that. 
if prosecutors or the authorities are able to make a connection with some criminal activity, then absolutely they can they can try to bring that in and use it against you for sure. So you just got to be careful about everything that you're saying. And, and in all honesty, if you're not out in the streets or doing anything illegal or, you know, anything criminal activity, period, then, you know, talk. Have your freedom of speech. Say what you got to say. Do what you have to do. So long as it's, you know, legal with regard to freedom of speech, you're fine. But, yeah, absolutely. They can connect the dots if you're out there doing the wrong thing. So be careful about that if you are dirty. That was a good question, for sure. Thank you. She busy. Thank you. Thank you. She busy, for sure. Yes, sir. So this question right here comes from uh, KD3. Hey, good. This is from my little brother, actually. He was in town. What's up, little bro? Shout out. Shout out. Shout out. No doubt. Uh, And it piggybacks off of the social media stuff. He's trying Mm -hmm. to get his YouTube thing going. And he wants to know, how do you copyright anything that goes viral? Because... um, What's the guy? Ah. Where the money resides. The money oh, resides. Yeah, yeah. So he so the money resides guy was on an interview and he said that as soon as he saw uh Nicki Minaj or somebody, Cardi, one of the girls retweeted, mm-hmm. he said he went and got a copyright trademark ASAP. So what advice do you have for uh social media up and coming? Should you do a copyright? Should you do a trademark? And how fast can you do that if you go viral? Got it. Um, I think it really depends. I mean, you could you could do one or both. It depends on what you're trying to do with it. Um, I think the appropriate time to do that is when you start to see it going viral. So let's say that you post something and you get so many different views. For instance, if you post a video on Instagram and you're starting to see your views, you know, grow in a way that you've never had... Let's say on on average you get about a hundred views, you know, for your stuff. But now you're seeing tens of thousands of views, you know, maybe based on a hashtag or maybe one of these uh, blog sites have reposted you or something like that, or or on Facebook people have shared it. Uh, if you start to see that, even before a celebrity jumps in on it, it might be wise to go ahead and protect it then. But I I always tell clients if you are going to protect something, because uh, I have a number of clients that are on reality shows and you know are influencers in their own regard if you're going to protect something just have a plan for it and even if you don't have a full fully thought out plan have something i guess to follow up what why are you protecting it not only because it's a a good saying or a popular saying um so for instance like the where the money reside piece um you know in this situation Everybody was saying it. You know, we had uh, different remix videos and things like that. People were using it. Uh, The gentleman himself used it to sell cars and help promote what he was doing. And from there, what he did when he protected it, he started to release merch. Uh, You know, he started to more so promote himself, you know, as a as an entity or as a uh, influencer with regard to social media. And just somebody that we can now look to to get catchphrases and things like that. So I think it's best to examine, A, what is the catchphrase and how it can have life beyond just this moment of going viral? And B, is it truly going viral? You know, are people sharing it? How are people responding to it? You know, what what do my numbers look like? And then three, you know, just having that full-fledged plan after you protect it to keep it going. 
And also what follows up as it relates to that, you know, is this something that I can make into a business, so to speak, or is it just a, you know, a quick money grab now? So, you know, just having those things in mind, but nonetheless, spend the money, protect what it is that you're, you're doing, because we never know, you know, um, we look at certain situations, um, where we have people that, that go viral, um, I forget his name, but the, the one gentleman back in the day where, uh, or, or scratch that, talk about um, the gospel singer, Sir Shirley Caesar, where the remix guy created the song based off of, you know, church. Every Thanksgiving now, we can't go about without hearing that song. It comes up every Thanksgiving now. So every year we're going to hear it and it never fails. It always happens. And, you know, it's going to continue to go. And now I think it's a part of our tradition of the holiday. We have to hear that song, just like we have to hear certain songs at Christmas and things like that. So just having a long term plan as it relates to everything, I I think it just makes sense. And, uh, you know, just flush it out, but definitely protect yourself. And I think that's the overall takeaway of this episode. It's It's a race to who did it first and being able to prove it. And I think that's the biggest thing. And that's why I say if you have something where you see it's taking off and you, it's it's the activity is different from normal for you and people are reacting to it and they like it, it might be a good idea to go ahead and get out in front of it and protect it. I mean, it, it would it would be better to protect it and spend a couple of hundred bucks to do that as opposed to not protecting it and then having someone else claiming it and protecting it and making you know, thousands or millions off of it if it, you know, gets to a certain point. So it's just about paying attention to it. And, you know, these things can't be planned. So I don't want you guys out there, if you're listening, I don't want you to start coining phrases and thinking about stuff and trying to force this stuff because sometimes that shit can be annoying because you're you're trying to throw the stuff out and you're trying to force it and, and it just misses. I think some of the, the the big thing about things being viral is that it's organic and it's not anything that is, you know, being thought up in a lab and people are throwing it out. So going back to where the money resides, I mean, this guy was using it to sell cars and to, you know, have his clients come in and buy cars and it just picked up, you know what I mean? Because he said it a certain way. So, you know, with that being said, man, just don't try to force it. Let it come organically, and as you see it grow, protect it and protect yourself. I hope that answered the question, little bro. Crazy, crazy show. Thank y'all for tuning in. We're going to, you know, continue to deliver quality content week after week and just, you know, continue to get better. So appreciate you guys again. And, you know, remember that no information given out over this podcast is construed or should be construed as legal advice. Uh, I'm not your lawyer. I, I, I would love to be. So hit us up as it relates to that. But nonetheless, this is all for entertainment purposes. Have to give that disclaimer again. And, you know, just before we get out of here, just have to remind you guys, when you're starting a business or you're in the music industry, it's not about opinions. It's not about facts. It's about the law. That's law. Peace, y'all.